When I was 24, I owned a decorating company. I contracted to most of the main building companies across the Waikato, New Zealand. I was earning tremendous money. At the time, I imported a car from Japan. I loved that car. At 24, I pushed that car into the Waikato River. I parked at the boat ramp at the foot of the river. I hopped out of the car. I went around the back and I pushed the car into the river and watched. I was comforted by the visual display of my beautiful car sinking into the Waikato River. Welcome to the 13 Elephants podcast. My name is Dr. Michael. Please follow 13 Elephants and my story on Spotify. Please subscribe to 13 Elephants on YouTube. I appreciate you all. I thank you all so very much for allowing me into your space to share my story. This is 13 Elephants. I am Dr. Michael. I am the hardest trier. Come along for the ride. Today's episode is about resilience. Dr. Lucy Hone is a person that I worked with quite closely for a couple of years. Lucy has had over 2 million views on her TED Talk, The Three Secrets of Resilient People. It's one of the top 20 TED Talks of all time, and in 2022 reached that peak. Please check out Lucy's story. It's an amazing, heartfelt story of resilience. I'll leave a link in the bottom of this podcast so you can have a look. During the time that I worked with Lucy, it was around the time I was working for a leading private co-education Anglin-affiliated school in New Zealand. Lucy and I worked pretty closely together around the wellbeing curriculum and around how we could incorporate wellbeing method into curriculum based on not only the stories but the experiences of the students as they entered in and out of the wellbeing centre. During this time, there were significant events that occurred for New Zealand and the world really around the pandemic and locally for the school there was a worksafe investigation into allegations of bullying. These allegations lasted six months. In addition, there was a bomb scare. Media coverage was high and super contagious. Coverage expanded many, many different cities and also it was recognised more field. Mainly due to the prominence of the school, which was a leading independent co-ed private school in Australasia. At this time, resilience and understanding of self and self-expression was more needed at the time in the journey of the private school than any time. My role? My role was meshed and immersed within the controversy that occurred around those events. In the thick of it, I employed the third space, the lived experience. I led by example and I drew from the value of resilience from a third space lived experience. 
For resilience and the understanding of the method to employ resilience as a tool to survive, I drew from not only my own experiences, but also from Lucy's work in The Three Secrets of Resilient People. But what I preferred really to do, and what I did, was use examples of my own life, of my own experiences, to touch, to get close, to help those students understand at the school who were going through great difficulties, locally, nationally, the world was changing, to help those children move in a way through those experiences with a closeness, closeness to somebody they may be able to touch, get to know, understand, and that person was me. When I was 24, my interior decorating company was doing pretty well. The car that I bought was a beautiful car and I just loved it. One of the first Japanese imports that came in of that particular kind during that particular decade. The events prior to me pushing that car into the river were around heartache and sadness, despair, pain. It didn't matter what was really happening on the external, I had control over that. It was the internal I didn't have any control over. I had no control over how I was feeling. I was young, in my 20s, and there was pain. I drove my car through the main street, the main street of Hamilton, New Zealand, and I purposely drove into a lamppost. I reversed and then drove back into the lamppost because I felt the first time it wasn't enough. People were watching, people were shocked, amazed. But it didn't bother me. I then drove my car down to the river and I parked at the river and I took out my radio and my phone and at the time the phone was joined to the car. It was one of those old school phones. A fantastic phone. Old school though. I took it out of the car along with my radio I went around the back and I went to push the car into the river. How I imagined it was a lot different to what it turned out to be. Because I had hit the lamppost in the town not that long before, the car wouldn't move. So when I went to push it, it remained there. So I put my phone down and my radio down and I pushed a lot harder and it was an effort and the boat ramp was very steep. But I pushed the car into the river, it went into the water and slowly but surely sank. It was relief, it was joy, there was comfort, the pain had gone, I had control over something that I just didn't have control of before. I felt great comfort in what I did. Then logic stepped in. I took my phone and my radio and I walked up to the police station 
I went into the police station and I said to them that my car had been stolen as I was holding my phone and my radio from my car. They took me into a back room and sat me down and I was dressed immaculately in a beautiful suit. I had my suits tailored back then. And they sat me down and started talking to me. Then I heard dogs barking. Didn't really get or understand what that was. One of the police officers left the room for a little while, came back and said, what really happened? So I said to him, I drove my car down to the river. I hopped out, I took my radio and my phone and I pushed the car into the river. And they thanked me for telling them that. What I hadn't done was turn the lights off. As the the car went into the river and under the water, I'd left the lights on and a taxi driver was driving across the bridge above the Waikato River and saw a light under the water and called the police and the police went down and discovered my car. They took dogs and they tracked me back from the car to the police station. I was charged with nothing. They talked with me. For some reason they understood me. For some reason I was not guilty of anything other than being quite upset. I hadn't been drinking. There was no requirement for a test. They sensed the relief and pain in me. When I was at the private school, during the time when resilience was rather important, during the time of a a pandemic, a bomb scare, and an investigation into bullying by WorkSafe, I spoke about this story. I spoke about this story in the chapel, in an Anglican-affiliated, independent, private school, which is one of the most prestigious schools in Australasia. I stood in the chapel and I talked about this story, about my car being pushed into the river when I was 24. I spoke to more than 150 students at that particular time, and it wasn't uncommon for me to speak to all 1,000 students within the school on various occasions. At this particular time, there was around 150 students in that chapel, as well as faculty. When I told that story, the connection to resilience was clear. It was clearly understood by the students. There was shock because why am I telling this particular story to students around resilience when the connection seems absent? The faculty were shocked. 
jaws dropped. It was not a regular story to be heard at an Anglican-affiliated school, at a prestigious school. I went to my office afterwards and I sat down and I felt comforted that I shared an experience, the third space experience, that I felt had relevance. In the following days, the lines of kids outside my door wanting to see me, to share their story, to talk about their experiences, to reveal their hurt, was significant. They wanted to share their pain and understanding because the space had been opened up for them to do that, where they didn't have to conform, nor did they have to have reason other than wanting to share their experience, whatever that might be, because that's what resilience is, it's sharing experience. For me, with all the kids lined up outside my office wanting to only see me, The response of the machine, the school, was that there were too much students waiting to see me. Was that we can't have these students lined up wanting to see Dr. Michael. Why? Why, I ask. Simply put, because I was too effective at what I was doing, which resulted in a high number of students coming to see me, when the expectation was to have less students. The reality? All of those students that did come to see me felt better about themselves for doing that. They understood the difference between healing through resilience and hiding from resilience. Resilience is part of all our lives. We each have these experiences to draw from, or could draw from. For me, I choose to speak my truth. I choose to be authentic. I choose to share my experiences as method to help others share theirs in the safety of the open space that is the third space. There is no harm in sharing one's story. There's only harm when that story is shut down. My stories will not be shut down because they're here to help and they do help. The evidence of how they help is clear. It's what we do with these stories and how we help ourselves to grow is where the real gold lies. My practice offers the solution to many but not to all. These podcasts are not about therapy, they're about a lived experience and sharing a story. Helping those that cannot speak to speak in a way that can relate to a story of a lived experience. This is a journey and it's not one that's going to end soon. It's one that's going to go on for always. Because we each have lives that we learn from and develop and grow from. We each have connections that are important to us. Resilience is important. 
It's how we survive. It's how we move forward. I have resilience in spades. My resilience is learned. My resilience is developed. And my resilience evolves. My name is Dr. Michael. Please follow 13 Elephants and My Story on Spotify. Please subscribe to 13 Elephants on YouTube. I appreciate you all. I thank you all so very much for allowing me into your space to share the story. Come along for the ride.